at this hour. Most apartment windows and storefronts were dark. Businesses closed, even the bars. There would be some after-hours establishments still rolling, but not close enough for witnesses. They'd do a canvas, but odds were slim someone would pop out who'd seen what happened here. Add in the bitter cold, as 2060 seemed determined to go out, clinging with its icy fingers, most people would be tucked up inside, in the warm. Just as she'd been, curled up against Rourke before the call. That's what you get for being a cop, she thought, or in Rourke's case, for marrying one. Sealed, she went down the stairs, studied the door to the unit first, then moved in to crouch beside the body. Yeah, middle forties, light brown hair clipped back from her face, a little bruising on the right cheekbone, some dried blood on the split lip. Both ears pierced, so if she'd been wearing earrings, the killer had taken the time to remove them rather than rip them off. Lifting the hand, Eve noted a braided flesh on the heel. Like a rug burn, she mused, before she pressed the right thumb to her ID pad. Dickinson, Marta, she read. Mixed-race female, age 46. Married, Dickinson, Denzel. Two offspring and an Upper East Side address. Employed Brewer, Kyle, and Martini, an accounting firm with an office eight blocks away. As she took out her gauges, her short brown hair fluttered in the wind. She hadn't thought to yank on a hat. Her eyes, nearly the same gilded brown as her hair, remained cool and flat. She didn't think about the husband, the kids, the friends, the family. Not yet. She thought of the body, the position, the area, the time of death, 2250. What were you doing, Marta, blocks from work, from home, on a frigid November night? She shined her light over the pants, noted traces of blue fiber on the black cloth. Carefully, she tweezed off two, bagged them, marked the pants for the sweepers. She heard Peabody's voice over her head and the uniform's answer. Eve straightened. Her leather coat billowed at the hem along her long, lean frame as she turned to watch Peabody, or what she could see of her partner, clomped down the steps. Peabody had thought of a hat, had remembered her gloves. The pink, Jesus, pink, ski hat with its sassy little pom-pom covered her dark hair and the top of her face right down to the eyes, a multicolored scarf wound around and around just above the plum-colored puffy coat. The hat matched the pink cowboy boots Eve had begun to suspect Peabody wore even in bed. How can you walk with all that on? I hiked to the subway, then from the subway, but I stayed warm. Jeez. One quick gleam of sympathy flicked across Peabody's face. She doesn't even have a coat. She's not complaining. Marta Dickinson, Eve began. 
and gave Peabody the salience. It's a ways from her office and her place. Maybe she was walking from one to the other. But why wouldn't she take the subway, especially on a night like this? That's a question. This unit's being rehabbed. It's empty. That's handy, isn't it? The way she's in the corner there, she shouldn't have been spotted until morning. Why would a mugger care when? That's another question. Following that would be, if he did, how do you know this unit's unoccupied? Lives in the area, Peabody suggested. Is part of the rehab crew? Maybe. I want to look inside, but we'll talk to the 911 callers first. Go ahead and notify the ME. The sweepers? Not yet. Eve climbed the stairs.